Welcome back, listeners, to another episode of Mill Spouse House. How are you doing, Molly? I am doing well. I am doing very well. It's a rainy day here in San Diego. They don't come very often, but I kind of like it. (laughs) It gives us like a little cozy feel. You know, it's still like, it's still probably 50 or 60. But yeah, it's just a nice cozy day in San Diego. I love falling asleep to rain. I, I actually have an app on my phone that like, has the rain pitter patter sound. Oh, it is relaxing. <laughs> it's very relaxing. Mm-hmm. Yeah. Well, let's just jump right into it. I know that you've Sounds got a great good. topic for us today. Yeah. Yeah. So I came across a TED talk uh, by Brian O'Connor. He's a Marine veteran, and he talks about the transition out of the military. And of Mm. course, he comes from a perspective of being the veteran, but I thought it would still be kind of a good thing to go over for us spouses, or if there are veterans listening, you know, it would be a good thing to go over and just hear his perspective. It might give us a better idea of what your service member is kind of going through or might go through if, if, you know, transitioning out is going to happen in the next year, or if you aren't making the military a career, probably do have that general idea of when you're going to get out of the military. Yeah, absolutely. Yeah. So one of the first things that he, that he mentions that I never thought about is, you know, the military life is 24 seven, you know, you're, Mm. you are on the clock 24 seven. And he says that five years active service breaks down to 21 years in the corporate world. Wow. Which is like mind blowing. And then 20 years in the service breaks down to 84 years in the corporate world, which is the long, longer lifespan like of an actual American, (laughs) you know, like that's, that's just so much. And so that just kind of put it in perspective to me that even if your service member only does for four to five years, to them, it might feel like they have been in that career for 21 years. Yeah. That's how I kind of feel about military marriage as well. I feel like yes, even within the three years, we're coming up on our third wedding anniversary. And I just think about all the things that we have gone through already within those three years. <laughs> we have moved across the country and then we moved across the world. And I just think about like all these milestones that that we've had, even within those few years. And so I, that's kind of how I feel about that too. I don't I don't know like you would equate three years of military marriage to an like actual civilian marriage, but it yeah. feels <laughs> it feels longer to me. <laughs> yeah, for sure. No, my husband and I have been together. We just passed our decade, but we've been married Aww. for six years. We've had two children. We've bought and sold a house. We've, we've, uh, oh gosh, there's a bunch of other. Now he has, between us, we have four degrees. And this is, this is all within like that 10 year span. And so it's just, yeah, I, I totally agree that it feels so much longer. It feels like triple what it normally might be like for like a normal civilian but, you know, in, in terms of talking about transitioning out of the military, he also mentions that two-thirds of veterans struggle with the adjustment from mm. military to civilian life. 
And he, you know, he kind of goes on to explain why. And it's really because in the military, there is a very strong sense of purpose and belonging. Mm. And so when you get out of the military, a lot of veterans struggle at the very core for what their purpose is. Now that they're going from a big group, belonging to a huge group and a huge team to being, you know, an individual um, or seen as an individual in the corporate or um, civilian world. Right. And he, he goes on and says that, you know, you need a strong support network to help the veteran find purpose and belonging. And then, you know, I, I do a little bit later, you know, I do want to go in. He has a really great exercise that I think would be really, really good for um, like spouses to go over with your service member um, and like sit down and do. He says to do it with uh, with someone that's going to call you out on your bullshit. Mm. which is typically your spouse. <laughs> Nicely yeah. call you out on your bullshit. <laughs> but I think that would be really helpful to kind of go over. Back to the the whole finding purpose and belonging, he also mentions that, um, you know, being called by your first name, as simple things like being oh, called by yeah. your first name and not your rank and your last name. So he did a little Ferris Bueller's Day Out reference in terms of I think it was the the scene that they were calling his name yeah like that yeah like that he's not there and he's like I had a similar situation where someone was calling me by my first name and I wasn't answering because it wasn't his rank and his last name like he was so used to being called that for so many years that when someone in a professional setting called him by his first name like he didn't even respond that that is so interesting and I never really thought about it my husband, when we were growing up, went by his middle name. When he got older, he he worked in the corporate world. He went by his first name because that's what his email was for his job. So he changed it. And now he obviously goes by his last name in the military. And it, and it is interesting because, you know, there's, there's a few identities there. Mm-hmm. Yeah. And that's, and that, I can't imagine how tough that is. Not only abruptly transitioning from the military to civilian life, but like over time too, like that would be such something so weird to have to get used to again, like being called by your, you know, your first name. And so like just simple things like that, that I overlook because I'm not the service member and just gives you that kind of that inside look at what they're, at what they're going through. Yeah, I I don't know many of my husband's friends' first names. There's a few that we're really close to that I know their first name. But even still, I I think I call them by their last name just because that's what I'm used to hearing. Yeah, definitely. I don't know. How much do you know about the transitioning program, like the transitioning assistance? I know it's called different things in different branches, but do you know much about that process? I know for the Army... You start this transitioning program 180 days out from your ETS date. I don't know what ETS stands for, personally. I'm going to have to look it up. Um, But, you know, when you're getting out. Your um, out date. (laughs) Your out date. Military sauces out there, just use Google. Like, I don't know. Oh, expiration term of service. So Ah, That makes sense. That's when your active duty obligation is over. Mm Mm-hmm. And you've decided to get out. And so I know that they do 
they do trainings. I think it's all remote right now because of the, the pandemic, but they go over VA benefits, like career kind of training. I don't know a whole lot about what exactly it goes into, but I, I can't assume it gets too deep into the weeds if it's only, you know, like a week long or a few days. I'm not exactly sure how long it is, but I feel like it's probably a lot of surface level information. Yeah. From what I heard from my husband, it was very surface level. And, you know, it was a lot of like resume building. Um, and my husband didn't necessarily need that service because he is very, very good at uh, like he went to business school. So he kind of had that skill set already. So that was more geared toward, you know, the 18 year olds that came straight from high school. Um, and so like resume building. And he also said something that kind of blew my mind. I remember him saying something about like you have to sign one piece of paper to re-enlist but there's days worth of paperwork to get out. Yeah. And sometimes that keeps service members in because they don't want to deal with the paperwork and right. like the transition and the, the decision to reenlist or get out um, seems like it would be a really tough decision for a lot of veterans. Like they don't necessarily want to stay in because of X, Y, and Z, but they also don't want to get out because of either the fear, not being very confident in that they could find a job that they're going to, that they're going to like, and that they're going to strive at. Yeah. It's, a, I can't imagine like. It's tough. It's tough. I mean, because you also think about, you're very, we are taken care of as military families. Mm-hmm. We have basic housing allowance. We have health care. Now I have to buy a house and I don't have my basic housing allowance or rent a house or apartment or whatever. Um, There's no guarantee for a job. You don't exactly maybe know what you want to do or what you're good at. I mean, there's all these unknown factors. You know, our reasons for getting out are vastly different than, you know, the next service member. So everyone has their own story and their own reasons for getting out, but that doesn't make it any less hard or easy in the grand scheme of things is pretty much what I summarize it as. Like, it's a tough decision either way. And and for the spouses too, because now you're in a place where you can settle down somewhere. That's a huge change. Mm-hmm. You're in a position to where if you're not working, do you want to go back to work? If you're working remotely, do you want to work in an actual building with people and now you're going to establish friendships in a place where you don't leave them in a few years. I mean, I think it's intimidating for for both parties involved. Yeah, definitely definitely a very in-depth discussion. Did um, you know that your husband was going going to be in for so long or did he come to you and say I want to get out? Did so- you have a conversation about it? Yeah, so we definitely did. His first deployment was wonderful. His second deployment was a little bit tougher. Mm. And because we we planned on, you know, we planned on him not reenlisting pretty much when we got pregnant because we didn't necessarily want him to miss a huge portion of our daughter's life and our future kids. So we kind of knew that we weren't going to be lifers of the, as they call, you know, 20 20 career career guys. Yeah. Um, so we kind of knew 
knew that going in. There were definitely things that made it easier to say goodbye after that second deployment. What's also really hard is when you're in, I don't know, command to command branch by branch, but there was always the high turnover of, mm. of people. And so like the people that he started his career with vastly changed by the end of it. And so I feel like if there was more consistency in the people that he was working with in the higher ups, because even the even the commanders of the of the like the commanding officer changes frequently. Like and yeah. I mean like probably gosh, I wanna say like two years, every two years. But I feel like it was even shorter than that, because he went through a couple of them. And, yeah. and and each installation that you move to is a different atmosphere. It's a different mm-hmm. unit. It's a different experience altogether. And I, I have noticed that from Fort Bliss to here in Korea. There, there is definitely a difference. And and that can play a factor too, because you could have a great experience or you could not have a great experience. Yeah, it'd be like and you that can switching. Kind of... Yeah, it'd be like you switching bosses every year, yeah. being in the same place, but then your coworkers are constantly changing. Your higher ups are constantly changing. People are retiring. You know, new people are coming in. You have to train people that might be fresh or they might be doing right. it longer than you. You know, there's just so much. And so I feel like after the first deployment, we were just like, yeah, this is great. It was it was a good experience. And then and then things changed and new commanders came on and the program that he was in wasn't being run as efficiently and you know there's a little bit of turbulence and then it just never got better it was time to leave yeah Yeah. and so it kind of happened gradually so I think there was at a point that we were just like yeah maybe we can re-enlist you know and then but it's a very much like a day-to-day month-to-month thing because of the turnover you just never know who's gonna be your boss that's so crazy and and going with deciding to get out or stay in, there's also the deciding of do you extend in your location or not? I live in a neighborhood that's all Air Force, and so many of our neighbors are extending another three years with their families here because of the fact that they don't deploy from Korea. Mm, yeah, that's huge. And so a lot of families with kids stay here for like you know, mm-hmm. six, nine years because they don't want their spouse to deploy. Yeah. So there's just so many moving pieces, so many moving pieces. Mm-hmm. So if you are in the thick of it, trying to figure it out, give yourself some grace because yeah. they there's so much to take into account, especially adding COVID into this as well. That is ever changing. You, We don't know if we're going to be still knee deep in this, neck deep. Let's be honest, in this pandemic for much longer, it keeps going on waves. So that that's a factor. So, you know, it's it's a huge decision. So it's a huge decision for you and your service member. And yeah, I highly recommend you sitting down and maybe even doing a pros and cons list. I love pros and cons list. We had a pros and cons list for just about any big decision or little decision. Yeah. And you sitting down with that pros and cons list kind of takes the sting out of the conversation because, I mean, some people are very passionate one way or the other, whether they want to stay in or get out. And the spouse, whether the spouse be the mill spouse or the service member may not agree. 
And it can be a very tough conversation and it can be a very emotional conversation because it is such a huge change and it changes everything, whatever you decide, especially if it's to get out. So I I think your suggestion of a pros and cons list kind of takes the emotional aspect out of the verbal communication of it and it kind of can can tamper those emotions down a little bit. So I I did want to go into the strengths exercise that Brian O'Connor went through in the TED Talk. So, okay, so say you sit down, you do your pros and cons list, and you come to the conclusion, you know what, we're going to get out. And then the day comes that you're getting out, and your veteran seems a bit lost, Mm -hmm. um, which two-thirds of them are you know, in one way or another, you know, struggling in one way or another, whether it's finding their purpose and belonging, whether it's just the fear of taking off the uniform and putting on a completely different uniform, the fear of the unknown, whatever it is, Brian O'Connor really goes through this cool exercise to write down where he, where you have been, where you are now, and where you are going. And so, you know, and he breaks it down really, really well in the YouTube video. He does, he'll do a more thorough job of explaining this in the YouTube video. So I highly recommend going and just typing in Brian O'Connor TED Talk or, you know. We can um, link it. We'll yeah, link we can it in link the it. description. But it's how, how to successfully transition from military to civilian life is like the YouTube name. Um, yeah. But so in this, he, you know, he first says, okay, sit down with someone you know, that, that you love and that's going to call you on your bullshit. So for most, for most veterans, that's going to be your spouse. Um, or maybe it's your friend or your mom or your dad. Um, it can be anyone, but just someone that's going to be really frank with you. And, and the first is where you have been. So where were you pre-military? So he kind of goes in his example as like, he was not a very good student in high school. You know, I wasn't a great student in high school. I knew college wasn't my thing. So I joined the military. Okay, so then you go to the military. What did you gain from the military? I gained respect for my teammates, respect for my country, pride, whatever you your big takeaways from the military were. And then you kind of go into where you are now. So whether you've already transitioned out, you're a few years out, you're a few seconds out, what what is your job if you have one already? What is your job? What are you to your family? So are, are you are you a husband? Are you a wife? Are you a father, mother? And make sure to go over the positives and the negatives. So if you feel you, that you have failed, what is that failure and how does that make you feel? And how has that shaped you? So not, mm. not, not just going over the positives, but also going over those failures or things that might bring you shame and then kind of mm. how that has shaped you. So don't stray away from it. But kind of this is where it's it's important to do this with someone that you trust and you love because it might sting a little bit uh, actually putting pen to paper and writing these things down. And then he you know, the last one is where are you going? So these are your goals, both personal and professional. You know, where do you want to be in a year versus 10 years? Um, And that will really overall give you a sense of purpose in more of a, a direction and a path to follow instead of like, okay, I'm out of the military. Now what? Yeah. And I think this is great for you both to do. Maybe this is something that you and your spouse both 
write down and think about separately and then come together and to do your pros and cons list. Oh, I love that. Yeah. I love that. Because I think it is important for you to think on your own about it. I, it is like you definitely want your spouse's opinion and you definitely want your service member's opinion. But I think it is good to kind of sit with yourself and get to the root of, of what you just said and the questions that you just asked and then come together and talk about it. Because then I think that you'll be more honest and and forthcoming and not trying to read the other person and what their opinion is, as you're saying, your hopes and dreams, you know? Absolutely. No, I, I love that. I think that would be a huge help in in guiding you through this exercise is if you're yeah. both doing it and then kind of come together. And you can even make one, like, you know, in a marriage, it's, you know, two separate people join. So it could be kind of the same thing as, you know, yeah. you both do it separately and then you make one big list together. You know, these are, these are our separate ones and this is our, like our, our families or our combined. And I know couples that really do not agree when it comes to this topic of getting out or staying in and it can be just a tough conversation. So let's, let's take the sting out of it a little bit and validate each other's thoughts and opinions on this because it, it affects the whole family. It does. It yeah. really does. Yeah. And not only in the fact that it's going to be so much change in terms of military versus civilian, but it's probably going to be a move. Unless you mm-hmm. are stationed where you want to live, which is not usually the case. I know a lot of veterans move back to their hometown or they move to a place that they trained and that they loved. Or you can be like my husband and I, we originally moved home. We were very excited to move to Michigan. But then when the opportunity arose to move out to San Diego, he trained in San Diego. We loved San Diego. So we had that you know, comfort and a familiarity with San Diego. So when that opportunity arose, we jumped on it. And a quote that I want to, you know, preface um, again from the TED Talk, but it's that the service members, service members often have an underdeveloped sense of identity and an overdeveloped sense of group. And so that's something to remember and try and tap into when you're talking about this with your service member is that staying in keeps them with the group, keeps them in that comfort zone. Versus getting out, it's that underdeveloped sense that's drilled into them. The service before self, I'm sure you guys have heard that. You know, that's been drilled into them for however many years they've been in service. So not only, you know, are they are they getting out and having to do all of these things that they're not comfortable with, but they're losing that group sense. And they're trying to find that, that group again. And that's why he mentions that having a strong support system, whether that's your spouse, whether that's family, friends, uh, veteran group, you know, finding that group and making that group. And so if your spouse knows that you're not on their side in terms of getting out, that's further putting them on that island by themselves where they're not comfortable. Yeah, I I completely agree. It's going to be... They are redefining themselves. So find your support system, whether it's us on here here on the podcast, yeah. 
whether mm-hmm. it's, you know, whether it's in the Facebook groups for other veterans and veteran spouses, or if you're, you know, act, still active duty, um, if your service member is still active duty and you're still active mill spouse, find, find your people. We, we preach that. We encourage that pretty much every podcast. So I'm sorry if you're tired of hearing about it, <laughs> but I feel like this community, I mean, I wish that I went looking for a podcast or looking for uh-huh. other veteran spouses. I, I think that that would have helped with my sense of self and so, sense of purpose in helping my service member. I wish that I had this resource. So if you know a spouse that's going through this, definitely give them the link. And with that being said, till next time, friends. Thanks for listening. Bye, guys. Mill Spouse House is brought to you by VA Claims Insider. VA Claims Insider is an education-based coaching consulting company for disabled veterans who are exploring eligibility for increased VA disability benefits. VACI was founded in 2016 by Brian Reese, Air Force Service disabled veteran and former U.S. Air Force captain. VA Claims Insider currently serves more than 300,000 unique veterans per month across its websites and membership programs. VACI's mission is veterans helping veterans access education-based resources to get the VA disability rating and compensation they deserve. Mm-hmm.